All right, folks, uh, we are getting ready to uh, talk with Ed Doherty. He uh, actually called twice, I guess, uh, dropped off the phone lines uh, for a moment. But uh, Eddie is going to be joining us in just a couple of moments. Uh, he's known as East End Eddie. Uh, he's actually been a, uh, well, he's actually been a clerk magistrate for both Attleboro and in Rentham for a while. Uh, now uh, making his way home, of course, down on the Cape along with his wife, Joanne. Uh, but, you know, uh, I tell you one thing, uh, great guy, great family man, uh, also an avid fisherman and also has done a couple of books. Uh, Seven Miles After Sundown was a book that he recently uh, wrote. In fact, you can find that now on Amazon. And Laughs, Lies and American Justice. That is another book that he just recently uh uh, that he did. Uh, we'll talk with him in just a few moments ago. Uh, a lot of people may know the name. As I said, he was a clerk magistrate in both Attleboro and in uh, Rentham. He grew up here in Attleboro. In fact, he graduated from Attleboro High School in the early 1970s, uh, made his way, of course, through the Attleboro District Court, and uh, just uh, just a wonderful guy. He really, really is. And uh, right now, we do have uh, East End Eddie. Eddie Doherty on the phone lines with us all the way from Cape Cod. Good morning, Ed. How you there, Ed? Uh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where did he go? Where did he go? All right. All right there he go. He just dropped. Some, for some reason, his phone lines, uh, He's that's the third time that we've lost him on the phone lines. I don't know why. What? I, I mean, maybe. He, I don't know. I don't know what it is, folks. I don't know what it is. But as soon as I see the uh, uh, the lights uh, flashing on this board, I'm going to hit it. I, I don't care if I have to wait a couple of seconds. I'm going to hit it right away. Uh, but yes, uh, Eddie, uh, as I said, uh, uh, spent a number of uh, years uh, at the Attleboro District Court. And then later, uh, he was at Rentham District Court. That was, he was a clerk magistrate. He was appointed by then-Governor Paul Cellucci. Uh, but as I said, uh, he's, uh, he's been around for a while. He's, uh, as I said, he, now he lives on the Cape with his wife. Uh, but as I said, he's, a, he's an avid fisherman, and you should see some of the pictures in this book that he recently wrote about some of the fish that he has uh, taken out of the, uh, uh, the canal. Uh, you know, he lives just minutes away from uh, the Sagamore Bridge. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, just uh, just an amazing guy, really, really an amazing guy. He'll be joining us in just a couple of moments as the uh, uh, he continues. Yeah, in fact, I believe he is calling right now. Uh, let's see, there he is. Okay, all right, uh, all right. Now we have him. Yes, hopefully he is there right now. We have Eddie Eddie Doherty on the phone lines with us this morning. Good morning, Ed. Hey, good morning, Dominic. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. By God, it's been. Uh, it's been a long time since I actually saw you and spoke to you. I don't know if you remember this one, but uh, uh, years ago, I'm going to say years ago, um, we met each other at the, uh, I think it was the Precious Metals Group every once in a while on the holidays over at Benjamin's Restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That yeah. was always a good time. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, yeah, Bob Bean has put that together. Exactly. You know, I, I, you know, we were also, we were, you know, both of us are good friends with like people like Rick Pierce, Kenny Collins, uh, Bruce Gordon. Oh, yeah. uh, my yeah. wife was part of that because she was the HR director over at Robbins Company, uh, Carol. So. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, those, those are, those are all legendary names, Dominic. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so now you've been, bu- you've been, bu- you've been a busy guy, and I tell you, I, I was reading some of the, uh, the excerpts from these two books that you recently uh, have done. Uh, but now uh, you've been kind of, uh, well, not really relaxing, but you are relaxing and now, of course, living on the Cape. Yeah, almost the Cape. We live in Mattapoisett, but nobody's ever heard of it, so that's good. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's only uh, 20 minutes from the Cape Cod Canal, and I fish there almost every day from April through November. So 
Um, you know, it's it, it, it's great. We love it here. When I was a kid, my grandfather was a detective with the Taunton Police, mm-hmm. Jack Flynn, and he had a summer home here in Mattapoisett. And so we went there every year for the whole summer, and people thought it was our place. He was such a generous guy. Uh, but anyway, so I fell in love with it early, and then my wife loved it too. So when we both retired, it was an easy call where to go, you know? Yeah. You know, speaking of retirement, you know, I, you know, I mean, it's nice to, you know, be right there near the, near the bridges, that's for sure. But uh, you been a busy guy though that's for sure but uh before we talk about the stuff that you used to do here in this in this area uh let's talk about a couple of uh, things that you've uh, recently done um the one that i that i was very interested in uh was uh one of the first ones uh, one of the first books uh, talk a little bit about uh, uh the seven miles after sundown this one because uh, now you now you're called east end eddie doherty which is nice but uh now you have an aka name out there as well yeah, I well, I, I use the East End Eddie for a pen name because I, I used to fish the East End just of the canal, uh, just the East End of the canal, I should say, so often that some of the other guys started calling me East End Eddie. So <laughs> I use that for a pen name, Dominic, when I'm writing for magazines, newspapers, or my first two books. And uh, Seven Miles After Sundown, I wrote, uh, I started writing right about the time I retired, mm-hmm. 2016, and uh, it turned out that the, the very first year of my retirement, the entire year, 2017, was one of the best years in the history of the Cape Cod Canal for striped bass surf casting. So that worked out perfect timing for me, and the next year was great, too. So I wrote um, I wrote Seven Miles After Sundown, and I... Uh, I got the uh, the title because uh, the the canal itself is seven miles long. Mm-hmm. The part that you have access to for surf casting is actually longer than that, but you need a boat for the rest of it. And um, so, uh, and I, and I put after sundown because most of us start fishing in the dock. Right. Uh, it used to be I never really caught that many fish in the dock, but I get there early just to get a spot because it was so crowded. And I, mm-hmm. most of the fish I caught were at first light, yeah. you know, about a half hour before sunrise. Uh, that, around that time and uh but you know you, you had to get there early just to get a spot it's a little different now uh you know unfortunately uh there's kind of a a loss of civility uh there actually in our society in general i guess but uh you know some guys get real close to you and you end up with tangled lines you mm-hmm. try to explain it to them and it doesn't always do do the right thing but uh uh i i love fishing there and i I, I basically wanted to tell some stories about some of the characters that you meet there. And so I named one of the chapters in my first book, Legends of the Canal. And uh, it's all about guys who have made that place famous. And so, um, you know, there's some interesting stories in there about different things. And so I, I enjoyed writing it. I know I, I, I was looking online a while back and, uh, you know, when we knew that I was going to be uh, talking to you. And I, I know um, uh, portions of it, of course, were in the one of my favorite magazines, Cape Cod magazine and uh, uh you oh, know yeah. when you go down to the cape i mean carol and i love going down there every once in a while we were down there a couple of months ago and just you know just we actually walked uh down uh right under the the sagamore bridge you can walk in that area right there and just just yeah. and, and there were we actually did see some real some real characters there we really are characters but but also you know when you're going in that area i mean it's just a beautiful place just to walk down there and just it people is, yeah. you know i mean as you know um walking uh, using that bike path all the time and but you get to see i mean you get to see just a beautiful sight if you're just driving you know onto route six and onto the uh, sagamore bridge i mean it's i think it's i i consider it god's country down there anyways 
It is. I, I, absolutely. That, that service road that goes seven miles along the canal and six and a half on the Cape side, it's a little bit shorter. Um, you see everybody on there. You know, uh-huh. people ride. I, I have a bike. I have a canal. They call it a canal bike because I have my, my rod sticking up in the back of the basket in the back. And uh, and a lot of guys have that. But um, but also you see people, you know, just riding bikes for fun. You see people on skateboards, uh, people pushing baby carriages. Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of people just walking or running for exercise. And I get to know a lot of those people. You yeah. know, I mean, so, some of them will tell me, you know, fish are coming because the tide is coming my sure. way. And they they walked a long way and they could see fish breaking a mile away, you know, and things like that. It was it, it makes it a great place, a happy place. It really is. And then, of course, uh, you know, all the, the, the all the different size uh, ships and boats that are that going in through there oh, yeah. all the time. I mean, and really, I mean, you've got that wide array of, you know, just you know, if you're in that area and then you're looking to your left and, you know, beyond the Sagamore Bridge. And I mean, it just, it's a wide open area. And then every once in a while you get to see, uh, we were there a couple of months ago, as I said, and we saw this, um, uh, I guess it's a boat touring boat company, you know, wherever. And we were oh, taking, Viking, Viking, yeah. Probably. And we yeah. were looking at it's like, oh my, we actually wrote down the name and the, and the website and it's like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. And of course we never really got it yet to do it yet, but uh, something on our bucket list for next year. But, you know, talk a little about the sun because you, um, as I said, you've been doing this now for a while, but the other thing that I really enjoyed, uh, some of the pictures in that book as well. Uh, what's um, One picture that I saw recently, and I think you know what I'm talking about, the size of the bass. I mean, you, it, this thing is huge. I mean, you've got a lot of those pictures, but there was one over there that you really had to reel that in. You need it, probably needed help to bring that in. <laughs> well, yeah, you can, uh, some days they can weigh out, you know, you have to kind of wear them down, but uh, the record for the canal actually is 63 pounds, four wow. ounces. It was set by a gentleman from the Bedford, uh, Frank Machado, many years ago, uh, but the, the, there were 50 pounders caught this year, and uh, there's, there's uh, you know, always a lot of good fish there, depending on how much bait is in the water, and uh, um, but, and actually, before I forget it, you mentioned the, the uh, sightseeing, the, the Viking cruise. My wife loves that. She's been on it twice, so mm-hmm. you should keep that on your bucket list because oh, yeah. it is a great thing. It is. And uh, there's a retired police officer from Wayham that's the skipper of that boat. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place. A lot of fish there. You know, it's kind of funny because the picture on the front cover of my first book, Seven Miles After Sundown, uh, has me holding a striped bass, mm-hmm. and in the background is the railroad bridge, which is the west end of the canal. So some guys really take it seriously that, you know, my, my pen name is East End Eddie, and you know, sometimes they're right by their bike. Oh. What are you doing here? You don't belong here. You should be on the East End. What's going on? You know what I mean? It's, it's, only, it's only a name, guys, but, you know, some of them take it a little more seriously than others, but uh, but it's all in fun, you know, yeah. so we, we have a good time there. And, you know, and you're not that you're not that far away from another a very historic place. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, right across the street, uh, across the road there, or the or the canal there, the Bourne, uh, the historic cemetery. I mean, that's only minutes from you as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. A lot of history in that town. It really is. Now, when you're going, you know, back and forth. Now, uh, as you said, you've, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. But there's another. You recently did another book, but I was reading uh, a lot of it about, and you had some very interesting characters and people on the front cover. Uh, you re- recently did Laughs, Lies, and American Justice, and I was reading some of it uh, earlier uh, this past uh, weekend, and I was very intrigued, and I loved it. That's for sure. But this is oh, something that was just re- you basically just recently published it this past summer, right? Yeah, August it came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lulu Press. Yeah, yeah tell us. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Eddie. 
Well, I was just going to say, it's a, you know, it's a compilation of short stories, mostly based on my years in the court system. Uh-huh. I, I worked for 18 years in Attleboro, but then another 18 years after Governor Salucci appointed me to the Rentham District Court as clerk magistrate. So um, there's a lot of uh, stories from police departments, uh, me releasing prisoners, uh, uh, setting bail. In uh, and, and courtrooms, hearings, a lot of there's other things really have nothing to do with my career, but I, I try to mix a lot of things in there, family politics, and uh, but but mostly it's the the court system, and I, I and they're all unrelated short stories. Most of them, you know, a lot of them are pretty short, but and there's some serious stuff in there too. I mean, there's nothing funny about murder or rape, but uh, but mostly I try to focus on humor. Tell you the truth, Dominic, I wish I had written down more of these things. Mm-hmm. So some of these stories. Are so old, I had to make a lot of calls and research just to make sure that my memory was the same as some of the people in the yeah. book, because, you know, some of the details were so old. But uh, I'll just tell you, one of the things that isn't funny that I decided to uh, get involved in was the um, every day, you know, I, I would see battered women, unfortunately. I mean, you know, women with black eyes, uh, you know, bloody lips, broken uh-huh. arms, all because of the some coward was in a, a bad mood. Right. And so... Um, and, and I did everything I could to help those people, though, it was mostly women, uh, when I was working. But now that I'm retired, I decided that I would donate a portion of the proceeds of the book to Jane Doe Incorporated, which is a domestic violence uh, prevention group mm-hmm. that uh, does wonderful work. And, uh, you know, just my little way of uh, trying to help in, in some small way if I can, you know. So so that, there's nothing funny about that. But right. most of the stuff in there has got a tinge of humor to it. Yeah, you, uh, as I said, you know, uh, when I used to uh, uh, see you every once in a while when I was working for the cable industry here in Attleboro, Inland Cable and uh, ACS and stuff, uh, before it was ACS, And every once in a while, but even back in the mid-90s, uh, I would see you uh, at the at the court system. And then we kind of followed you at one point a couple of times in Rentham. Uh, but, you you know, you, you followed some very uh, big footsteps in there. Because, you know, I mean, you and I, you know, have seen, uh, you know, our share of news stories that's for sure. And one one gentleman who I go back to years years ago was one of the Attleboro court officers. Uh, uh, what the heck was his name? George uh, George. Oh my God! Now I can't think of his name. I just had his name written down. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was Gary Carlson. Uh, no, it wasn't him. It was um, he's he's been passed away. But I mean, just Dick, Dick Swift. No, uh, it might not been him. It was I mean, his first name was George. I know that. Um, can't think of anyway, but but uh, I mean, you've seen a lot of things going on, and especially when you were at Attleboro, uh, you know, you just uh, it was it was an amazing thing, as you mentioned, just stories upon stories upon stories, uh, local media coming in, national media. Uh, yeah. But when you went over to uh, to uh, Rentham, of course, you know, uh, same people, you know, a lot of the same good people out there as well. But it was nice to see that you know you you basically kept in the same area, so you didn't have to like you know didn't have to move that far away from it but when you were when you were working at Attleboro and in Rentham uh, you were basically still living locally right yes I, I grew up in Attleboro but right. I, uh, my wife's from North Attleboro I was taking a drink of water, excuse me. Uh-huh. And so we we built a house in North Attleboro. We raised our family, our two daughters in North Attleboro. And, uh, yeah, so I lived close by to both courts. Uh, and, and, you know, it's funny. We, we shared some of the same uh, defendants in both courts because they're kind of neighborly. So uh, sure. uh, that, that was, that was an, uh, you know, I, I already knew some of these people, you know. But, 
and, and, and some of the people that I worked with in Attleboro are still there. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Ginny Richardson's still yeah. there. Uh, her brother, uh, Bill, is an Attleboro police officer, uh, Monterosa. And uh, Darlene Azevedo, uh, her name is Cotto, no, Azevedo Cotto. She's married now. But when I was there, uh, she was single, and she uh, actually started in, in the entry-level position and worked her way up to become assistant clerk magistrate. Wow. So I was very proud of Darlene to accomplish that. She's a wonderful person, very smart, nice girl. Uh, a nice lady, I should say. She's older now. Um, and then Jim Pekuski was a great prosecutor yeah, when right. I was there, and he's a first assistant clerk magistrate now, appointed by the great clerk magistrate, Mark Sturdy, uh-huh. who was also an assistant DA when I was there. And uh, it's kind of a funny story about Mark and then a baseball glove that I put in there. And the only other person, actually, you know, that, that I remember that I, I actually I don't know Patty Reynolds, but she's a session clerk there. But the reason I I know her name, she wasn't there when I was there. But the reason I know her name is because her son uh, Peter Morse was an Iowa police officer, uh-huh. and he was also an actor, and he was in that movie Black Mass. Sure. Uh, Black Mass, I think you pronounce it. But anyways, I so I had Peter come for Law Day, and I had him uh, stand up. He was an FBI agent in the movie he arrested John Connolly and um I had him stand up and, and be identified by the uh, colonel of the state police. Uh, I used to put together law day uh, excursion, basically uh, um, had an awful lot of people come in for that and uh, tried to make it as interesting as I could. And so I I, uh, I honored a lot of people, and a lot of people were very happy with uh, what was going on, so it was nice. You know, speaking of you know law day, and you know that goes right back to uh, the days that I, I used to videotape stuff so this at the courthouse as well, uh, when the students, uh, you you know, would be coming there, of course, uh, you know, kind of doing a fake trial here and there. But they really got a lot out of it. I mean, they, they really did. And some of those uh, kids are now either lawyers or judges uh, in the area right. as well. So, you know, it really makes an impact. Uh, and it, and it's, ha- it's happened before. I mean, it's I know it's still going to con- continue. I know uh, I did when I was working down in uh, Fall River, New Bedford, we were doing something down in that area. But, uh, you know, these kids are really learning from some some of the best in this area. Yeah, you know, it's funny. One day, they, those kids are talking about, they were putting on a, a skit in there for a lot of day. Mm-hmm. And nobody clue. Brian Coyle was a great prosecutor for the North Ottawa Police Detective yeah. Sergeant. A great guy. He's passed away since. But anyways, nobody told Brian the details of this. So he walked in the courtroom, and his two kids fighting, but it's part of the play, and mm-hmm. he didn't know it. So he grabs one of them. He's, he's <laughs> almost putting the kid under arrest. And, hey, Brian, no, it's all an act, you know. <laughs> But he was a he was a great guy, fun to be with all the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you and I, you know, know them as well. The Coils. I mean, his brother Jack uh, you know, spent many, many years at uh, as the chief there in in North Alabama. Yeah. And uh, tell you, uh, one thing that I will say about the Coils, uh, they would never miss to go to Ireland every year. That's for sure. That's Just right. To, right, You're right, Dominic. Mm-hmm. Actually, Jack had uh, uh, dual citizenship. Yeah, he was a, a citizen of Ireland and America. <laughs> really, uh, yeah. uh, but, but characters. That's for sure. I mean, every time we yeah. just go to the North. Alabama Police Department, either Brian there or, or we'd see Jack in his office, and he would just tell us, you know, stories that we weren't supposed to know about. But you know, I mean, we, you know, we kept it quiet from the news. But um, yeah. I think, you know, when uh, when you were at Attleboro, you know, you also. Uh, uh, you and I basically knew this guy, and he was also an avid fisherman, uh, the great Roly Saborin. He was a fa- oh, fantastic yeah. fly fisherman as well. 
Yeah, yeah, which you're right. That's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Fly fishermen. That's a lot, lot of talent to uh, perform that sport. But yeah, Rolly was a great guy. Mm-hmm. He was actually my first day on the job when I was 25 years old uh, as an assistant clerk magistrate in Attleboro. My first time being on call with the police. Uh, Rolly was the first police officer to call me mm-hmm. uh, for three alleged car thieves from uh, Boston, and so. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I always had a great deal of respect for Rolly. You know, I, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed his company, and he was a real professional, good guy. Yeah, and the other thing is, when you go to his office up on the second floor, it was always like a freezer in there. Every ter- every time we'd go in there <laughs> to interview him or something like that, uh, he'd say, you know, like, and I'd say, you know, I said, guys, I've knew Rolly for years, and I'm thinking, oh my God, it's like, how can you deal with this? It's like it's like winter time. It's like 30 below in there. Like, oh, I like it this cold, but I don't know how we did it. But uh, at the, yeah, he was a, he was a very well respected gentleman. He really was. Yeah, he, he was a funny guy too, interesting guy. Yeah. Now the other person, I think you may have worked. With this guy, and I knew him years ago, and that is uh, Judge Rotenberg. Remember him? Oh, he was great. Judge Rotenberg was one of the best guys in the system. You yeah. know, he, he was not only a genius, he got, he got an award one year, the best judge in the Northern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. which I think includes the United States, Canada, and Mexico. I mean, that was just unbelievable. And he had well-deserved, because he was a great judge. Uh, some of the uh, pre-trial uh, uh, procedures that he put together are still in use to get today. Uh, actually, John Casey told me that uh-huh. he's the head of the probate court now uh, for the whole state. He's from Attleboro too. Uh, his father was a judge, but but Judge Rotenberg um, was just a a very uh, kind person. He used to perform uh, magic tricks for kids. Huh in the courtroom, and, you know, he, he was just such a guy, good guy because, you know, in a divorce, the kids uh, take the brunt of it. I mean, you know, they, they, there's just uh, you know, so much pain in a divorce. I didn't work in divorce court. I didn't work in probate court, but I they were in the same building as us, and so I saw a lot of that, you know, and the results of that. And so, um, yeah, he was great. Judge Rotenberg was terrific. He really was. You know, I remember him uh, at some point. Uh, he uh, would uh, frequent uh, the old Ron Straminski television or radio show here at the station as well, but uh, then, of oh, course, yeah. years later, I mean, years later, I know that they uh, uh, they dedicated his name uh, for the BRI Institute uh, for those uh, for those many children uh, who have been right. uh, through yeah. the areas as yeah. well. Yeah, that's a controversial thing, you know, because they, they have to give these kids shock treatment, yeah. and what appears to be uh, painful and cruel. But you know what? The, every time you hear arguments you know, on TV or you see the, the editorial in the newspaper about that, um, I always take the side of Judge Rotenberg because yeah. I know how hard he worked to make life better for people. And so if he was in favor of that, then that, that was good enough for me. Yeah, really. Going back to uh, that uh, book, Seven Miles After Sundown, uh, you know, you've been an avid fisherman all your life here and there. But, uh, you, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I mean, growing up, that's what my, my dad and myself and our families would go to Jamestown all the time, you know, Beaver Tail yeah. a lot of times or Fort Getty yeah. down there. I mean, that's something, I mean, you basically kind of grew up as a kid, you know, loving that uh, that sport. I did, yeah. You know, it's it's just a great way to relax. It's it's fun, and you meet people out there. You know, you, sometimes you're talking to the guy next to you at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's dark, and uh-huh. the sun comes up, and you realize, no, that's not Larry. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to fish. I mean, I've, I've met lifelong friends 
in fishing and uh, and actually in in you mentioned a, a lot of photos in yeah. my first book Seven Miles After Sundown. Most of them were taken by John Doble, who was okay. a retired detective from the Bourne Police Department. And John was a uh, uh, on the drug task force for Cape Cod and put a dent in uh, a lot of organized uh, drug activity. Hmm. And uh, it's funny because my my brother Chris, uh, he died a few years ago, mm-hmm. young. He's a, unfortunately, and he um, owned the 19th Hole Tavern in Hyannis, oh, along yeah. with his boyfriend, uh, his boyhood friend um, uh, David Cronin, who still owns it. And David, David, and my brother Chris went to kindergarten together in in, in uh, Attleboro, and so. Um, Anyways, but uh, what would happen is after they had these drug raids, the task force would go to the 19th hall and celebrate in the bar. And so Chris got to know, my brother Chris got to know John Doble. And uh, so um, one day, uh, he's uh, my brother Chris is driving a little too fast through the town of Bourne. And he gets stopped by the police, and the officer approaches, and Chris figures he'll drop John Doble's name. So he says to the officer, uh, I I know uh, John Doble. Do you know him? And the officer says, oh, yeah, I know him real well. He's my father. (laughs) It's a a small world. It really is. It really is. That's basically what you did all all your life. You you would would go into the... You know, either be uh, as a fisherman or you know, on your professional uh, level as a as a as a clerk magistrate, uh, you would get to see somebody. Now, it's something that uh, we just got an email a little while ago from one of our listeners, um, uh, and they says his name is uh, Tom from North Alabama. He says, uh, Tom says, uh, did you get to uh, get to see any family or friends uh, in the court system that you may have had to arrest or anything like that? Well, Tom, I didn't make arrests. Right. Uh, police do that. But I ordered arrest warrants, which is, uh, you know, the beginning process of that, because sometimes the police don't have the authority to make an arrest, so they would come to me for either a search warrant or an arrest warrant. But to answer your question directly, yeah, I was I grew up in Attleboro, so yeah. uh, I started in the Attleboro Court when I was 25. Uh, some of your friends are still getting in trouble when you're 25. <laughs> uh, so that that happens sometimes, but nothing nothing real serious. Yeah. You know, you know, you talk about you know that, and you know, when was it an easy move over for, to the Rentham District Court as well? Because I know Attleboro and Rentham are kind of you know not too far away from each other, but you know, you spent so many years uh, in Attleboro uh, and you know for eighteen years, and then heading over to the other side there, uh, a lot of the same individuals over there, you know, you know, different here and there, but uh, kind of this kind of kind of basically, uh, I was going to say family oriented, but still you know professional, but they know. They know exactly what they're doing in the court system. Well, yeah, but you know, you're right, uh, Dominic. But the transition is made easier when the governor appoints you for life and gives you a huge pay raise. Yeah, so, that's even you know, better. So, so, so that worked out great. And uh, um, you know, and and Attleboro, I think, was the when I was there was the twelfth busiest court in the state yeah. out of about seventy courts. And rent them, I forgot what number they are, but they're, they're nowhere near as busy as Attleboro. So. Um, you know, it was it was a it was a nice uh, transition in that respect too. Um, some of the busiest days in Rentham are after Patriots games or, or concerts when a mm-hmm. lot of fans get arrested uh, for different things, and uh, you know that can be that can be pretty hectic. But most of those arrests are for minor offenses, uh, public drinking, and you know some uh, minor compared to other things. And mm-hmm. uh, 
Um, you know, sometimes the Foxborough police, for instance, would have a staging area right at the uh, right at the at the stadium, Gillette Stadium. Sure. Then they put them in a school bus and take them to the Foxborough PD. And the old Foxborough PD was an antiquated building, and they had to keep them in the bus until they had enough room in the cells to bring them in, and then mm-hmm. I could release them. Right. And you know, it'd be so many arrests; it was just unbelievable. And uh, um, and 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 the state police barracks would be busy as well. That's where the those are the two places where the arrests were taken. And those those events would make the court busy. But you know, other than that, it wasn't as busy as as Attleboro. Yeah, I know. Uh, one of our other emails uh, out there as well. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, boy, I'm getting a couple of emails for you. It's a good, you know, because I've been promoting you for the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. His name is Phil. Okay, it's Phil from Rehoboth. He says, "All right. Well, I guess this is uh, something." Thing that uh, we haven't talked about yet, uh, but uh, Phil says, uh, were you at, uh, oh, okay, uh, I don't think you were there at this time, uh, Father Jim Porter's case, uh, that was, of course, in the in the Attleboro case as well, right? Yeah, that wasn't, yeah, and that was a Superior Court case, right. too. Yeah, uh, right. But, uh, yeah, and those, those uh, crimes happened when we were kids. You know, yeah. But. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I, uh, I did some of the uh, the stories uh, with some of the survivors uh, at the Attleboro uh, uh, station back then as well. But you know, of course, now Porter is no longer with us, which is a, a good thing, yeah. I believe, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you talk, absolutely. you know, you talk about writing, uh, you know, about this, but uh, which I really enjoyed uh, reading some of this because uh, a lot of people are looking to you as uh, as a well, a good writer. Right? Well, you know, veteran uh, columnist. You know, I know a lot of people are. Saying, which I was very impressed. Uh, the White House speechwriter uh, Teddy Widmer uh, basically said yeah. that you were a gifted storyteller and uh, uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, as I said, and a great fisherman. But he's, you know, he's yeah. talking about, and you've, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, just a bunch of people, like a half a dozen people out there who said, uh, giving you a lot of respect here, but you, you know, something that you grew up with, you know, and it is, they are respecting you about this. Well, yeah, you're very, very nice to mention that. Uh, those are very kind words from Ted and others. You know, I, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, one, one of the more interesting things I always found, Dominic, about the, the whole system was the jury system. Uh-huh. And so I helped start the jury court in Attleboro in the early 90s. And prior to that, you had to uh, go to Fall River if you wanted a jury trial. Right. And, uh, you know, that was inconvenient for police officers, defendants, attorneys, witnesses, everybody. So it was really nice for them to just, if they needed a jury trial, they have it right in Attleboro. And um, our, our judge that... Uh, uh, that, that started that. Our first judge was John Leonard. He was from mostly the Fall River area, but he came just to do all the jury trials and catch up on a backlog because we had to recall all the cases from Fall River, and it, it created a backlog. But uh, um, he was an interesting guy. <laughs> one day, one day, my wife, uh, Jado, we call her Jado because her name is jo- Joanne Doherty, but yeah. uh, when Jennifer Lopez became known as J. Lo, <laughs> some of my wife's friends started calling her Jado, and the name stuck. Now, even her mother, Calls J Do, but <laughs> anyway, so J Do's got jury duty, so I ended up swearing her in. You know, oh, wow. so I hear her in. I swear my wife and Judge Leonard looks at me, and goes, "Hey Eddie, um, now that your wife's sworn in, you want me to ask her any questions?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, now the truth but, will come forth, right? Yeah, yeah, but you know, I love jury trials because the jurors come with no axe to grind. They're, they're you know good people that are trying to do the right thing, yeah. and the uh, court officer would give me the juror questionnaires uh, prior to a trial. And I used to look them over, Dominic, and some of them were interesting and kind of funny. I remember one was um, 
the uh, there's not that many questions on there, but one of the questions is list your highest level of education. Mm-hmm. So one guy puts five feet eight inches, so, <laughs> and we made him the foreman. That was a tough day for justice. <laughs> and then there was another juror who put down that he had an extensive background in law enforcement, so everybody figured he's probably a federal agent or a police officer. Yeah. No, it turns out he did have an extensive background. It's because he'd been arrested seventeen there times. Go. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you, you see things like that, and it keeps you smiling. You yeah, know? you know, I, I spent some time uh, as, a, as a juror, you know, uh, not in Adelaide, I don't think I in Adelaide, no, I think I went to Taunton once, and I actually asked for, they asked me uh, if, if at some point uh, to be the foreman, and I said, all right, we'll do that. And, you know, it was only a couple of days, two or three well, days. Well, good for you, your leadership was recognized. I guess so, and then we went down to, uh, what was it, I think it was New Bedford, yeah, a few years ago down in New Bedford, about six years ago, uh, you know, got down there for an early uh, parking spot around 7 o'clock in the morning and then uh, for the next four hours kind of waited and waited and waited and until the uh, judge decided uh, uh, we're going to drop the case because uh, they never showed up, I guess, uh, whoever it was. Oh. But but oh. the good thing about it is at least for the, the Taunton one, um, you know, as I said, it was the foreman after two or three days didn't have to worry about waiting, you know, and go back and forth from Attleboro. Uh, the good thing about it is... Um, the uh, we you know they actually had video of a local uh, convenience store that was robbed at its, uh, at some point and apparently the uh, uh, the person that was in court uh, well unfortunately killed the owner I guess I guess oh, he knifed geez. the owner whatever it was and uh, yeah. make a long story short uh, there was video uh, from another witness who was actually in the back room did not even know uh, that someone was videotaping from uh, a perch upstairs on the second floor and saw this guy who did who came in without a mask on and stuff like that and uh-huh. the, that gentleman actually said it you know and we saw the the video of it the video was like 3 minutes long and finally you know we went to the the jury room and stuff like that and decided you know this this guy was the person but it was nobody else there uh, he had some distinctive looking uh, characteristics that's for sure but uh, well he was put away for about 20 some odd years that's for <laughs> sure so but uh, we we did you know, justice see- uh, yeah, well, that's good. That's, that, that's good. It's a nice feeling, too. I, uh, but, uh, you know, it just maybe remind me of a story talking about the guy wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. A kid about 18 got arrested for bank robbery as the police are putting him in the back of the cruiser. He says, I didn't do it. I'm innocent. You got the wrong guy. And the officer says, hey, the teller ID'd you. And he looked at the officer and says, how could she see me? I was wearing a mask. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, oh, well, we'll let you go. You yeah, know? right. Because uh, that must have been a kind of tough during the pandemic where almost everybody was wearing masks, you know, like if they were. That was the first thing I thought of. Yeah. When I, you know, I walked in because the banks is, you know, you're not supposed to wear, uh, you know, any covering. There's a big yeah. sign there. And I always, you know, wondered about that. It, it, it seemed like it would be uh, an easy cover for somebody to walk into a, a store wearing a mask and, you know, have an excuse to do it, you know. Mm. But uh, it never developed into the, the bad situation I thought it would. But, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, going through that this other book that you that you had, Laugh, Laugh Lies in American Justice, as you mentioned, a lot of different stories about. Uh, I guess it's uh, it's kind of a, well, it's, it's actually a good read for a lot of people. It could be a nice holiday gift uh, because you do have uh, what about twelve chapters in this one? 
Yeah, yeah. I tried to divide things up. You know, I mean, I, I mentioned in the beginning that a lot of those stories could have appeared in more than one chapter. Yeah. But I tried to put them where I thought it made most sense. Uh, actually, I, I just thought of a, a short story I could tell from the uh-huh. uh, gentleman that sent in the uh, email from Rehoboth. One day, Judge Dolan, you remember Judge sure, Dolan? Sure, sure I do. He was uh, first justice in Attleboro. And, uh, you know, back in those days before we had the jury trials, he had to explain to people every uh, every defendant, do you want you do you want to case heard here in Attleboro, or do you want it heard in Fall River uh-huh. uh, before a jury? And he had to say this all day long. By 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Dominic, I, you know, some of the defendants in the back, were, you know, uh, thought they were law school graduates because they heard all this. But anyways, uh, he's, he's got one guy, and he says, sir, do you want your case heard here in Attleboro or Fall River? Now, there's only two options. There's two places you can go. Uh-huh. But this guy, you know, you could tell he kind of looked like a deer caught in the headlights. Uh-huh. He's not an MIT graduate. And so um, Judge Zolan tried to make it simple. The guy was, uh, he was from Rehoboth, this defendant, and he got arrested in Norton for an assault and battery case. Um, so Judge Dolan says, sir, do you want your case heard here in Attleboro or in Fall River? The guy says, I want it heard in Rehoboth. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't do that for you. But, uh, yeah, because uh, if you're in from Rehoboth, don't you have to go to the Taunton District Court? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's Taunton District Court. Yeah. yeah. We used to do probable cause hearings for them. Uh, years ago when I worked in Attleboro, and they would do them for, they're called Jenkins hearings, uh-huh. they're for people who are in custody, and uh, you, you just had to do a probable cause hearing. Um, so uh, let, let me tell you one other quick thing. Sure. I, uh, um, you know, uh, back in the day, uh, it seemed like the acronym ESP was used more than you hear it today, extrasensory perception. Sure. And so uh, one day I'm doing a hearing with a husband and wife, and they got all kinds of problems, Dominic. But there's no violence, thank God, but there's every other problem you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, and, and I don't even remember if there was a crime, to tell you the truth. I, I ended up kind of like a marriage counselor sometimes, which yeah. I didn't mind, you know, even if there wasn't a crime, if I could help people. Um, but anyway, so this woman says that uh, her husband's sitting next to her. And she says, you know, he's no good, and, uh, you know, he never takes the rubbish out. And tonight's rubbish day, and he won't take the rubbish out tonight. So now this guy is incensed that she is, in effect, predicting the future. So what he wants to say to me is, what, does she have ESP? Uh-huh. But instead he says, what, does she have ESPN? <laughs> <laughs> the things you hear, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get some characters, that's for sure. You go through characters yeah. all the time, that's for sure. But now, as you mentioned, uh, there are characters on the cape, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, that's a love that you've had for a long time. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. And some of these books, as you said, uh, as I said, uh, people uh, who want them can actually uh, get them right as, uh, on, online because they are available. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, the, the book that I, I wrote recently, uh, Last Lies in American Justice, is on Lulu Press, L-U-L-U. It's online, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, it's also on Amazon. And, yeah. Um, uh, but and and my first book is also on Amazon. But uh, I, I I wrote them through uh, different uh, different channels, but. Uh, um, yeah, and, and you know, it, it, I used to do book signings where I lug the books around. Yeah. And now I decided I'm not going to do that. I just tell people, look, I'm coming. If you want me to sign it, people go crazy over signatures for some reason. You know, oh, yeah. they they want you to inscribe the book and sign it. And I'll be happy to do that. You know, but just just get the book online and give it to me, and I'll be happy to do that. But uh, um, they they had a book signing for me in Rentham a few weeks ago at the uh, Red Rooster. Yeah. And that was a nice night. It was great. It was a lot of fun. So I was wondering if you had uh, if you had a, a you know to come back up to this area again like the unlikely story which is in Plainville of Jeff Kinney's place. 
Yeah, I did a book signing there mm-hmm. uh, for my first book, but uh, I'm not going to do it for this one because, like I said, you have to buy the books, yeah. which I did for my first book, and I, I just want to get involved in that and sales tax. It has to be automatic sure. and all this. So I, I just, you know, it's it's too close to the W word work, Dominic. Yeah, I, it's a, I understand so, that. Yeah, and, and, and so, but that was a, <laughs> that's a great place though in Plainville. They're nice people and. Uh, and I enjoyed that, yeah. So. And how is, uh, you know, I mean, as far as everything else going, uh, Joanne's doing well and uh, family uh, d- yeah. doing well these times, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody's great. You know, we're, we're very lucky because we live in Mattapoisett, and mm-hmm. one daughter, our oldest daughter, Caitlin, lives in Marion right next door with right. her husband and two children. And then uh, our other daughter, Christine, uh, lives with her husband and three children. So we have five grandchildren. Nice. She lives in Lakeville. So we have five grandchildren very close by. And, uh, you know, Joanne's with them all the time. Uh I'm with them quite a bit. And uh, actually, Joanne cuts them around so often that they they call her Grammy Joe's, Uh the kids do. So I got her a bumper sticker for a car. (laughs) Grammy Joe's taxi service. But, uh, yeah, they, we're lucky that the kids live so close by. So yeah, terrific. Now, of course, uh, with with Joanne and the and the kids out there, you know, uh, how do they feel about Grandpa being an author? Well, they're pre- the kids are pretty young. The oldest yeah. one is eight, but you know, uh, uh, yeah, they're all they're all happy. But do they get down in the summertime with you on the canal at all? Uh, not yet, because okay. you know, they're, they're kind of young, and those are treacherous rocks, yeah. as you know, Dominic. So yeah. um, I, I took, uh, oh, my, my cousin John owns a, a boat yard, and he gives me a boat when I want it. So I, I took my grandson Joe out and my granddaughter Addie out uh, fishing and in the boat, and, and, and so they, they enjoyed that. And But I do look forward to them coming to the canal someday when they mm. get a little older, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And then so. take them down to some of the great restaurants you got down there as well, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Lindsay's Clothes, which is oh, one of yeah. my favorite places, and that was an institution. My grandfather took me there when I was a little kid. Um, but it's being, uh, it's it's supposed to open pretty soon. There's a guy from uh, North Attleboro that, that bought it. Hmm. He, he owns um, yeah, he owns a place near um, Triborough Plaza. It's in Triborough Plaza. It's called uh, Town something. Yeah, the Town Tavern, yeah. The Town That's Tavern. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, there's a sign there. Uh, this is opening soon, but I, I haven't been by in a few weeks, mm-hmm. so maybe they're already open. But, yeah, there's a lot of great seafood. We love seafood, yeah. so that works great for us here, you know. That's for sure. Um, well, Eddie, I, I want to thank you for for, jo- for joining us this morning. I mean, you I mean, you're a busy guy, that's for sure, and uh, you're doing a lot of good things still uh, for, for our community. And uh, I want to wish you the best, of course. We definitely want to get you back on the air at some point in the future. And sure. uh, we want to, ha- you know, wish you guys a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and definitely we will definitely be in touch with you with the next uh, few uh, few months down the line. Oh, that, that'd be terrific, uh, Dominic. It was an honor to be on, on here with you. Uh, you. I really appreciate your time and I appreciate your questions. They were very, very, uh, very well put together. So, so thank you very much, and you and your family uh, have a have a merry Christmas and a safe, happy holiday. All right, and get that other now. What, what's the last thing Eddie, is is uh, what's the ultimate uh, fish that you want to b- uh, bring in for the next the next time you get out there. The next time, well, I'm yeah. still shooting for a 40-pounder. There you so go. Be, there you go. I'd be happy with that. So Yeah, you're not going to say uh, we need a bigger boat, right? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. That's for sure. All right, Eddie, yeah. thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care, Dominic. Thank All right, you, you too. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. All right, uh, East End Eddie, Eddie Darney, of course. What a great guy, a character, that's for sure. As I said, uh, uh, very down-to-earth, very, very down-to-earth family man, really, that's for sure. Uh, that uh, This um, 
Uh, that interview at some point, I'm not sure if it's today or tomorrow, uh, we're going to try to upload that again uh, on our website at some point.